Welcome, everybody. Thank you for looking deep between the couch cushions. You have found the Lost Remote Podcast. This week, we're going to break down the movie Shocker. Shocker is a Wes Craven flick from 1989, starring Peter. I'll uh, take some of the rocky road there. Berg is about the uh, a young collegiate football player who's also one of the clumsiest football players to ever be on Earth. He uh, loses his foster mother, foster brother, and foster sister to a horrific murder, but he has a vision of it happening. He then leads his police foster father to catch the killer. The killer reveals, and Horace Pinker reveals, that he is actually Jonathan's dad. And then Horace is executed, he comes back to life, and can Peterberg stop him, or are we going to have a bunch of shocking deaths? I am Zach, and joining me as always is Arthur and Brian. And gentlemen, let's get into Shocker. Shocker! Shocker! That's, yeah, that's the song. From the very beginning, Verbatim. this movie kind of has like a, um, it, it seems like it's trying to do like the heavier metal feel with the opening song and the, the video sequence. Oh, um, man. This movie definitely jumps around moods, but it has some it absolute heavy metal uh, I'm not a aficionado aficionado of the uh, genre, but it's it's pumped full in about what eight different parts. Where all of a sudden you go from this is basically Nightmare on Elm Street to yeah. you know like mm-hmm. this, I mean it blasts you randomly. Yeah, this this oh, yeah. I I noticed a lot of the uh, <clears throat> similarities between the first Nightmare on Elm Street and this, particularly. Well, yeah, go, go ahead with the beginning sequence. Yeah. Like the opening sequence, yeah. he's in his workshop doing his thing, mm-hmm. getting his junk mm-hmm. together or whatever. What happens in Nightmare on Elm Street? Opening sequence. The first thing you see is Freddy's workshop and he's working on his stuff. And there's other similarities as well. Well, and so you start this movie and he's actually in the workshop, but he's actually he's committing a murder in his workshop. And did y'all notice who the victim is? Yes. I didn't, because I just kind of like, when I, I wasn't paying attention too much at the start, then I, I saw the I, the credits on one of the female victims, and I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Who are you guessing? It's Heather. Yes. It's Nancy, yeah. yeah. Nancy Thompson is the first victim. <laughs> ding, ding, Horace ding, Pinker. Zach. Congratulations. <laughs> you are now responsible for this week's sweet treat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 because that was a sweet treat. Now... It's, Dang it's, it. That's all right. I got another it's one. It's only a sweet treat because you can barely tell it's her. Yeah, I, I had to pause it and jump back. It's like, wait a minute. And I got real close. Like, oh, that's Heather Langenkamp. Well, I saw her as female victim in the credits. And I'm like, I don't remember anywhere through the movie. Well, so it had to be where she is. Because they say in order of appearance. Mm. Yeah. She is well, third on, building in this movie. On IMDb, they do as well. No, no in the credits at the end of the movie. Oh. It says in order of appearance, and it does the killer first, mm-hmm. then it does the TV reporter, then it does her. Same on IMDb. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So we have a uh, John Tesh as our TV reporter. Yo, the John really Tesh drop in is fantastic. I throughout the movie every time I, it just made me happy. <laughs> like apparently, if you want to, if you want to pop boring parts in a uh, a slasher movie. Throw me some John Tesh and I'm good to go. Yes, uh, sir. I did not know that was something I'm looking for in horror movies. So, <laughs> uh, so this movie, all I'd ever known, I I would say it's one of the more eye-popping covers when you're at a video store. Mm-hmm. I Shocker always registered with me. Uh, you know, it's just got, it's simple. It's just him in the electric chair with that big old grin on his face and he's getting lit up. But I always was like, uh, What's this? And when I saw it, it's not what I expected. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no, I, I, the first time I watched this, I think, Brian, uh, maybe middle school or high school, I think I watched it with you and we're just kind of like, hmm. Um, oh, <laughs> so, we probably ho hum the whole thing because, <laughs> like, as this far as it. I'm concerned, this is a first time viewing for me because I probably <laughs> let it in one ear and out the other, that kind of thing. It's like, whatever, you're out of here. <laughs> you're out of here, bud. Yeah. So you're out obviously, of obviously, this is Wes trying to get his own franchise because Nightmare on Elm Street 
he got to direct the first one, you know, write the first one, and then he was moved out of the project. Uh, so if you look at his credits, there's a several year gap of any kind of writing directing. And mm -hmm. so I think he was trying to start his own little franchise here and hit the hit the highlights. OK, so you you can bring that up where this movie came from. And I've seen an interview with Wes Craven before on it is this. He directed Nightmare on Elm Street, wrote it and everything. And it was a terrifying, you know, the dream monster. Everybody dreams. And so a few years later, he was trying to create again. And what is something else that everybody has? And it's the TV. So he I think kind of went back to front on this story and uh, started it with the villain killed people, you know, the monster killed people using the television set. Um, and this was actually, I believe, supposed to be a vein or in the same universe as the Nightmare movies. Yeah, well, I mean, that, you that can would see surprise that. me at all. The yeah, poor the box office on it's like... Yeah, so. the box office is terrible. You see it in the style of the dreaming if he wants to create the same feel. But again, it, it just feels like he was trying to hit the magic again and just couldn't figure out the balance. I don't know. Brian, what were you about to say? I, I, was, I was thinking this movie felt like, okay, throughout the entire flick, I was like, I don't know, man. This feels like a... Like what you guys are saying, for the most part, like oh, it's just uh, trying to recapture the magic, if if you will. But then, then the television sequence hit, and I go, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute. This movie is a fucking technical demo. At that That's point, what it, it felt, felt like, like me. I know we jumped like ahead a little, but that felt like a student project at that point. I thought <laughs> like it was just like, one of those things like you would do. It did feel like a demo. You know, yeah. like, this I can something. use editing tools. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm yeah, in the yeah. bright of Frankenstein. Do, 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 do. You know, like. Yeah, um, that's what it felt like to me. It's like, oh, someone's just trying to show off some something they can do. Because this is, what, you know, 89. Yep. And uh, it did feel like kind of the way some of the, like, I could see a Nightmare on Elm Street movie doing that at some point. Like, um, you know, that same montage, you know, it, hacking into the dreams and. <laughs> somehow wiring it into into a TV and he got into the cable, the same thing would happen. It still feels like an extrapolation of just like later Friday the 13th movies. So yeah. you're saying that on Nightmare, but he Freddy did do that. Remember, you're on prime time, bitch. Exactly. That's, so I'm <laughs> saying like, it still feels like he was just trying to have a franchise that was his, but mm -hmm. getting to do Freddy stuff. Well, I felt like well, um, some of the Freddy franchise also borrowed from this movie. What would have come after this one? Uh, Freddy's dead. Right. Freddy's dead. Specifically, dead. probably borrowed from this movie. A little inspiration, and what that inspiration is, um, it's something I don't like uh, about uh, the Freddy mythos that they added in Freddy's Dead, which is his power comes from three little dream demons, and in this movie, Mister Shocker, uh, Shocker, his power comes from some unknown thing that gave him the ability to do this while he was. <laughs> So, conjuring it up in his uh, jail cell. That yeah. was one of my notes, and I, I know we're kind of hopping around here, but so far so good. Like, what are what are the digital? <laughs> okay, you, did you guys watch Aquatine a lot in the first couple seasons? Oh yeah, yes. You know how they would I've uh, Aquatine stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you remember like the Moon Knights um, when they did the heroes or the villains united episode? Yes. And he goes, bow down to your digital ruler. <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> That the same digital gods or whatever that are from that the Moonanites want to be are the ones that gave it, Shocker dude. his power. <laughs> you got it, or baby. Whatever. That, yeah, yeah, you you got it, baby. That Bow guy, down. Yeah. That that particular stuff. scene struck something in me. In that, I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. If if this was a different podcast, I would go on a tirade about World of Darkness and some of the things in it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is almost like a World of Darkness game. That is some weird spirit giving this guy abilities beyond his his normal reach. So, yep. so let's just go through it real quick in case anybody wants immortality. Uh, you need a tube television set to yes. static, uh, a pentagram, right, and some candles. Yeah, didn't he have a little pentagram? Needs... On the... Yeah, yeah, I think I yeah. believe he had a pentagram and some candles. And you also need to attach yourself to the TV with jumper cables. Yep. And then that's not going to finish it. That's just going to like kind of start up the sequence. Then you need a ride through old Sparky, right? And then you're mm -hmm. a 
basically well, who, who would, i think he had ahead. from i think he had the powers from the interaction with the television because that's when he mm-hmm. first electrocuted the started using it but the, i think the old sparky just really you know yeah what, what, what it is he he had the power prior he is freshly he 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 prior to death he was given the ability but he this was moments before he was executed so he didn't have anywhere near the time to even begin to explore what to do with it um he digitized his soul yeah the thing is, is he, he did die he is dead he is at this point a ghost with the with these abilities um uh, but he can somewhat i don't know like it, it's like i said if this was a different thing we were talking about rpgs and weird sh- weird shit like that like i'd be like i could go on forever to explain the metaphysics of this movie that's what happened in my second viewing first viewing was a well, let's see what we got here and then the second or the second i was like oh man okay i could explain almost everything that's going on here within the rules of the world of darkness um hmm. like well, who would win shocker or the electric gremlin Oh, the electric gremlin. That's one for electric gremlin. I right? don't think so. I don't. I think Mr. Shocker there could easily Shocker! absorb. I mean, well, I. Oh, I'm sorry. The electric gremlin would also win on rewatchable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... No, I, I get what you're saying, Brian. He just absorb him, and he. Just... I would. I wouldn't really call it much of a win or lose situation. Didn't. Didn't he bounce back when he tried when he like fed off the power outlet? I don't yeah, think he, he immediately absorbs. He like it's almost like he resonates. Well, what the, yeah, basically he's been given um, the ability to use electricity and various electrical signals to fuel his his spirit. So it's his essence now is based on electricity and not being a human being. So, so that's he was able to absorb essence through electricity and that's the back 48 minutes or whatever we still had another hour at the mm-hmm. front of this, right yeah, yeah. we is... even get to shocker we get all this other no. stuff we we get peter berg as the uh, football player at the beginning and i thought oh we're gonna we're kind of in a little bit of a some blob territory here with <laughs> peter berg being the hero but did you guys hear during the football practice when he's when he's running there's like some random football chatter and someone, as he's running, just goes, I'm very good. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. <laughs> that is the best trash talk I've ever heard on a football field. And, I'm very good. And this, this Everybody guy, loves yeah. me. <laughs> Peter Berg's character, Jonathan, is just so easily distracted. He gets distracted by his girlfriend. He gets tattooed. He gets... Uh, the coach tells him that he needs to be focused and not picture or not take a look at the naked woman in the stands. And he instantly jerks over to look at that and gets his helmet knocked off by the coach. And then after he does That's do something trapment. great. Yeah. yeah that, that, this is case isn't holding up. That's a trapment. <laughs> trapment. But, and, then, and then he actually does make a really great play and scores touchdown and takes himself out by the goalpost. And then we have Ted Ramey, I believe come over and uh, escort him into the water coolers not to the water coolers into the table with the water coolers yeah um i i don't let's not i don't want to scene by scene this too much because no i'm not but i just really enjoyed that that opening sequence and i'm like how is this guy the hero right he yeah he's bad but like there's all this stuff that gets set up with the football thing that i feel like I feel like this is a weird spot for Wes Craven because he doesn't pay off on some of this narrative. Like you talking about the football mm-hmm. thing at the beginning, the team, him not focusing. It takes like another hour 20 to bring like the football team back in almost or like another hour. Like his, well, his, not, his not all the... of a sudden he has like random best friends show up to help that hasn't been a part of the movie for the whole movie. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a part for like 40 minutes and then all of he's he's there. This also he's best friend. I'll never leave you. Oh, leave me. Okay. But he no, does. No, it. He tricks leave, him. Leave, leave Rhino alone. I love. Yeah, Rhino. I like. I like Rhino. Rhino, too. Rhino was a solid dude as a friend. Yeah. Let me and, tell you, he is. He is. He he's he's wise. He's strong. 
and he is he is a friend. He's a real friend. I was like, I liked Rhino. I was like, Rhino's the kind of guy in this situation you want to have at your back. Now, because the guy body hopped, the, because the guy body hopped, he, you know, Rhino then becomes a liability. Yes. Which is a good reason for him to say, Rhino, you can't stick around. So, um, what? See, another thing that also reminded me of this of Nightmare was the uh, him dreaming of the the kills. Yeah, and it just it reminded me of the first time you see Freddy with uh, um, Tina yeah. in uh, the original Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Before you know when she wakes up from the dream, but that's what it reminded me of, and that may be just because it was Wes Craven doing the movie that it reminded me so much of that, but. Well, a lot of Wes Craven's writings do resonate. Like again, yeah. again, once I say is is with a lot of the metaphysics of World of Darkness, parallel. All right. So give us give us the two minute World of Darkness. What are we talking about here? Well, uh, there are different realms. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the small spiel. I can't I cannot do World of Darkness in two minutes, but I will say this. Without any real, you could give people like a reference and things like that. Aware, uh, there are there are people called mages in in World of Darkness, and this particular event resonate with mages heavily. The reason that would be is I believe any mage witnessing what's happening to Patrick, right, or jo- what is it, Jonathan? It's Jonathan. Jonathan. What's happening to Jonathan? I would assume that a lot of mages would go. Jonathan is about to awaken as a mage. He's he's having these premonitions. He's he's delving. When he's having these dreams, he's not dreaming. He is he is projecting into the twilight, which is the realm of the dead. And that's why he sees all the dead people there. He sees his girlfriend, all the people who've been killed. These are ghosts that have been left behind. And they they res like it's a it's like a a mirror world of the living world is the twilight world, just where all the ghosts hang out. And he probably would be awakening to the watchtower of Stygia, which is the realm of death and matter. And uh, that's why he uses the remote at the end of the movie. You know, we're jumping around here. He's actually using the remote as a focus for his own power over the dead, rather than actually using the remote as a tool to control um, the bad guy. Shocker. Easy. Because okay. the guy is actually a ghost, and, and if you have uh, knowledge of the sphere of death, you can do that kind of stuff to ghosts. Okay. That's not where I went with it. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Like, you'd have to, <laughs> you would have had to have played World of Darkness to even come close to this. Yeah. And I, particularly so, would have had to play Mage. What kind of game is that? Like a role-playing game? Yeah, it's a role-playing yeah. tabletop game. It's uh, the only... There are a few vampire games on computer. There's actually a new werewolf game on computer. White Wolf is the company that uh, puts it out. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, last week, last week when I mentioned Arcadia as the realm of time and fate, that's one of the watchtowers. This guy would have been in Stygia, probably. I would have guessed. He could he might have been able to he might have done Pandemonium, which is mind and space, but um I, I feel like he would have been more awakening to uh Stygia. Possibly. There's also other forces at work of what would have been other realms of magic like forces where electricity and such come from. But uh that's why I would say that a mage watching these events unfold would believe that he is about to awaken as a full-fledged mage. Baller. I just thought whenever he went in those scenes is later on, it was explained that apparently if you're your actual father, because here's a spoiler, Horace Parker is Jonathan's real father. At least but, we so, skipped like having the sequel that does that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just get yeah. that done. <laughs> Yeah, and so Horace, uh, uh, apparently where they're separated is Horace is beating up Jonathan, beating him mercilessly, as he says in the movie. And Jonathan's mother comes in with a knife. So Horace kills the mother, and Jonathan uh, kneecaps him with a shotgun. Oh. Gun. Oh. She okay. brought in the gun. He went after her. Okay. Jonathan That's picks right. up the gun and unloads, but only manages to hit him in the knee. Giving which, him a permanent limp, which apparently is psychosomatic, because... That's what I was going to say, so, because that limp <laughs> comes and goes so much in this movie. Especially, not to keep jumping all around the movie, the rooftop chase, when yeah. there's a ladder across the two buildings, <clears throat> he nimbly just runs across that, and it's like, yo, man, where was that limp at? Like, yeah, there, he just like. That- 
Ladder, 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 ladder. There's that and the fact that his limp persists throughout every body he inhabits. That part I like. I, uh, I'm i like, okay. Well, I don't mind that they persisted throughout every body. I just wanted it to be consistent. Like, anytime there's a scene where he's actually running, there's no limp. He's climbing. There's nothing dragging that dead leg around. He's just yeah. a normal, I guess, the <laughs> possessed, uh, possessed person at that point, you know? Like, <laughs> and I, I don't know. <sighs> so, I just had fun with just watching, like, that, that, not consistent dragging of the foot. The the ladder, the running across the ladder between the two rooftops got me on that. It, it, that was just too funny. I was like, okay, that's where's that limp at? That's another one of my my notes. Uh, so I got to say this, just on the whole, uh, we are really just throwing darts at this movie, and it's yeah. because there's a lot to unpackage from it. Uh huh. In a very front-loaded, kind of boring package, I feel like. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. The last 20, you know, whatever is... Sure, it's a lot of fun, but it just takes a while to get there. I Yeah, this movie is Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 slammed together. <laughs> like, you've got the slow beginning, and then you've got the awesome stuff in the last half. Like, that sure. kind of thing. That's what yeah, basically it is. I wish the killer was Billy Zane. I know he wouldn't have been quite old enough, you know, to be the dad character. Yeah. But if you, I want, if I'm going to have a wisecracking, bald, charismatic bad guy, I would have much rather had Billy Zane in this, in this spot. Um, yeah. Like the finger licking good line. And there's all sorts of little things that I think Billy Zane would have been the man for this movie, but he wouldn't have been old enough yet. It's 89. I'm just, I'm just thinking about Demon Knight, Billy Zane, and I think he would have been perfect for this. It just wasn't the right time. Uh, can we? Demon Knight, Billy Zane. Huh? Fucking low down, low down, dude. Uh, motherfucker! <laughs> Humans! You're not even worth the flesh you're printed on. Uh, Tired of this so, cowboy shit. On the rooftop. That was one of the, the more hype fight scenes I've seen in a movie. Uh, did you note the drop kick that? Uh, yes, that very nice perfect, elevation. You know, parallel like both mm. leg up drop kick, followed with a nice little like suplex. Uh, the kind of, like pick him up. It was almost a falcon arrow. The fight choreography on the rooftop. I'm curious who helped them with that, because it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> It was very much pro wrestling, and that was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. There was there was some cool stuff. It, again, this movie, I know we talk about it, and I don't want to always be short attention span theater, but, like, trim a good 30 out of this. Oh, Keep it yeah. moving. There's, you got to get him onto the electric chair and into the digital gods in the first 30. Yeah, know? not 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 gonna lie. I looked to see how much long, like how much more oh. time I had left in this movie. I did an hour last night, and I watched the last 50 today. Um, the that may be the best way to watch it. Why was the movie <laughs> not over? Okay, so about an this, hour ten, I, maybe. Hold on, about like whenever he goes to the house where his coach is, mm-hmm. and his earlier his girlfriend dies, she shows up as a ghost. Uses Care Bear stare out of her chest to stop mm-hmm. the killer. Glad someone else mentioned the Care Bear. That should have been your finale. Why is that not the end of the movie? Why is there because, another movie? Because we after had to that? have the technical demo. We had to have him of in the, the TV, TV hopping. And that's so, how it is. So whenever uh, Jonathan <laughs> to, to back up how the girlfriend gets killed, uh, Jonathan he has his premonition of the killer killing his uh, foster family. So he leads his dad to the killer's uh, place uh, or the business he owns. He's a, you know, he's a TV repairman. And by the way, how did y'all like the come through the wall to get the cop? That was cool. That's why one of the things yeah. where I'm like, there's some cool stuff in here. There's cool stuff. I like well, that a lot. Yeah, the so, little trap door they, thing was great. His he's his identity is finally revealed. He's been a mass, uh, I guess you'd call him yeah, a, a serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Uh, but he goes and kills whole families, breaks in their house, like kicks the door open and goes and kills everybody in the house. So when the police finally find out who he is, he seeks revenge directly on Jonathan and goes and kills his girlfriend. And what's even worse about this is then 
after they arrest him eventually, after the rooftop fight, you find out that it is Jonathan's biological father <laughs> that is taking this action to, against his son. And it's just crazy. Like, but yeah, this is this movie to me was the uh, and don't I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I love Return of the Kings. But this is the Return of the Kings of Wes Craven movies. And there's 92 fucking endings to this movie. Oh, they could have oh, just picked oh, one okay. and gone. I was like, what are you? T- I'm just kind of going like, what are you? Uh, oh, okay. The ending thing. The epilogue. I mean, it's king singular. But yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the Kings of Comedy is what? Yeah, <laughs> return of the, the Kings, of, the Kings, of, Kings of, comedy. of Comedy. This is the Return of the Kings of Comedy when Cedric the Entertainer showed up. No, um, I... That's that's the thing, man. There's a cool movie in here. It, yeah. It, it's this a little frustrating. better to me as a miniseries. Or a t- <laughs> uh, no, simply, <laughs> simply because. Sorry. And the, reason, Sorry. the reason I say that is because you had so much that went into it that you could have spaced out and maybe timed some things a little bit better. Rather than it feels like they had so much that they wanted to jam in it and they just couldn't stop themselves from putting Same it in, which had so many. One of the thoughts I had, doesn't this feel more like a Stephen King adaptation than a Wes Craven movie in some ways? Like, this feels like yeah. one of those Stephen King adaptations where it got away from him. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. Like, I know that there's it strays aesthetic. very far from the actual source material. Yeah, it's I know what it feels a, like it does. Yeah, there's aesthetic that's Wes Craven. Like, the dream stuff undoubtedly is Wes Craven. There's lots of little things that are Craven. It just feels like one of those Stephen King adaptations because i got a lot of christine from it christine's a slow burn and there's stuff i want to like explore in it and i'm not getting that part and there's some there's some good good stuff in there but like i don't know it just it didn't feel like a wes craven joint the whole way through i guess yeah so i mean it's everybody should watch it just to say you've seen it shaka shaka but don't watch it more than once. What's the body? <laughs> this feels like one of the higher body counts for a horror uh, movie. We get, well, I mean, if we're not if we're not counting the the various families announced during the movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. this guy basically this guy has his regular job, which is to slaughter a family pretty much every night. <laughs> then he, you know, he's got his side gig of uh, you know the Jonathan stuff. So he doesn't let Jonathan interfere with his daytime job which is to slaughter a family once per night so just because of, you know we hear about it on the news it's even part of how jonathan does it it there's a point where jonathan is suspected of being the actual killer which is somewhat set up throughout the movie because he knows so many details and that's a good way to point that at him being like oh you must be at least if you're not the person who does it you're an accomplice but yeah um, yeah definitely but, but yes but even, the guy does kill lots of people throughout this movie even the jonathan being suspected as the killer only lasts for like two or three minutes well that's because so, the killings continue yeah but they uh is and, well and it's there, also and because also his father father is, his father uh, his, chimed his, in yeah yeah his father uh don which you know he's possessed and he chases him and that's when um oh uh the killer, uh, Harold, I think. Sorry, I keep forgetting his name. Horace, Horace. He uh, lets him know that he's now nationwide because he gets in front of the. Uh, it's a very TV Freddy line. Satellite. Yeah, Nation, yeah, yeah, very yeah. Freddy moment. Um, Hold on a minute, bitch. That that just reminds me we might have another sweet treat. Let me look it up while you guys keep going. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of sum through the rest of my notes real quick. I think there's a really funny. Uh, thing when they uh, it's got to be set design when they were going out to the alley where the I think it's where the repair shop is they're like we got to make this look a little more you know destitute like let's throw some graffiti up and the graffiti is just Andy number one (laughs) (laughs) yeah I saw that (laughs) which is not normal graffiti I don't feel like even in 89 Um, I like when you mentioned that right there I also like whenever he kills the first uh, well I guess it'd be the second third and fourth cop at his at his shop where he slices mm-hmm. the two neck and then they come out and see the guy on the radio and he's reaching and his eyes are still open but he was strangled to death I'm like i don't think rigor mortis sets in quite that fast where his arm would still be in the air <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah 
So after Horace is put to death, though, when he uh, animates it in the park, I really enjoyed that, where he just jumps from, like, four or five bodies. That's cool. Just bam, 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 bam. I, I, that's the cool stuff. He should have been Shocker. In tw- if you would have gone, my family died, I think I know where he is, go get him, you know, electric well, chair, montage think... through. Like, this, this movie could hum. It could have been, like, way better than just, like, oatmeal until the last 20. Like, I think you could cut out a lot of where, um, you know, Peter Berg, Jonathan is uh, fi- helping him find the killer and just have him like with his dad as he comes back to like finish him off and his dad ends up arresting him. Yeah. You know, you could have cut out so much of that and focus more on the the second, third, and then the end of the movie. And, you know, well, I definitely thought they were going to the get him when he killed the other the cops. Like, I thought he, he, they were going to get him. He killed the cops. They get him. He's on the chair. Like, let's go. Like, it just, man, this movie didn't know where it wanted to be when it wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Brian, any other kind of overall movie thoughts before we get into our second back half of the programming? Well, I don't know. It just, if I didn't have my experience playing world of darkness my second watching of this would have been just as bad as the first i only started appreciating some of the (laughs) metaphysics um later in the movie and the only thing that really kind of wasn't you know didn't really work well with the rest of the metaphysics was the traveling through the different television channels yeah at least interacting with them uh you know what? I've heard of interactive TV shows. Audience participation. Audience yeah. participation shows, yeah. But this is That's, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because we know those game shows would have been taped earlier in the day. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I also... <laughs> what I also Some like of us is, have knowledge. We're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> in, that, uh, in that experience, uh, when they come out and they're fighting in the, the family room of that the yeah. woman with their husband and kids. How come only the woman acknowledges that they're in there and everybody else watching TV or in that room just doesn't even pay attention to them? That is a jaded household. That's a commentary <laughs> on America. Household. Tell you that. Yeah. That's a commentary <laughs> on couch, couch potatoes. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they just thought they got a really good 3D TV. Now, like, pump up the rock and, like, enjoy the one-liners it just wasn't fun. It, it felt like there was like probably three different movies going on. There was a lot of fun he was having that Peter Berg didn't match to. It's like he was in a different movie than the killer. Yeah. And I just, it was, it was all right. So Peter Berg was living in a nightmare on Elm street and Freddie was in, or in shocker was in Freddie's dead type of stuff. You know, like uh-huh. it's just like, it was one movie was way more fun than the other. Um, yeah. And they were happening at the same time. I had I had so much trouble with uh, how Peter Berg was. Uh, I didn't. It took me a while to realize he was saying Dawn instead of Dad. It just sounded like he was saying Dad like a little whiny kid. Yeah. Dawn. 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 I was like, oh, that must be his name. I think he's saying Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also very disappointed when they went to the bar after the funeral. When uh, he gets a Coke, I was really hoping that we'd go for a, a scoop of the Rocky Road there. Um, you, you know. keep mentioning the yeah. Rocky Road. What's that? What's up with that? Peter Berg is in Corky Romano, and he is the brother that cannot read. And they're at the ice cream stand, and he at they have three flavors: chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. And he asks for Rocky Road and a scoop of the pistachio, and uh, I'll take some of the chocolate chip. He's like, sir, we only have three flavors, and it's just I just think it's hilarious. It's one of my favorite Peter Berg scenes. Okay. Uh to all those Corky Romano lovers out there, this one's for you. Yeah. By the way, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't gone into it, but let's let's talk about just the what happens during the electrical chair scene. See, what happens is they actually mistake Jim Varney as the actual guy who's supposed <laughs> to be electrocuted. So instead, Ernest powers. Ernest gets electrocuted and then gets electrical powers, and he becomes Shocker. Yeah. So, Ernest Ernest goes to jail is very yes, adjacent to shock. To this movie, it is. <laughs> well, the first thing I thought when the electrical chair scene came up. I was like, oh no, I've got to throw in Jim Varney now. 
go. <sighs> this is the plot from Ernest Goes to Jail, other than the mass murder. Uh, this time, like, in, in Ernest Goes to Jail, the good guy gets electrocuted and doesn't die from it, or it doesn't cease to be. What wasn't yeah. it like an evil twin or like a doppelganger Nash. situation? Nash. The guy's name was Nash. He looked just like he basically was another yeah. character played by Jim yeah. Varney. Oh, yeah. doppelganger, supposed you to mean be. he played him a different character than just Ernest? I know, isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> Never happens. Uh, <laughs> so, Brian, obviously this week you have passed over sweet treatitude to Zach. Well, I mean, Zach's probably got sour candy, uh, but I, I did find a minor sweet treat just now from Zach saying the name of the villain, Horus, which is a Egyptian Greek god by the way. And so I was like, I'm going to do a quick little search on uh, Horace here and uh, looked up something. I was like, oh, none of this really fits, except for him being partially a uh, a god of the sky, which is where lightning comes from, and there's that. But um, there's also a, he's also attributed to uh, syncretic relationships, or syncretic relationships that are emphasized. They're not necessarily uh, opposing ideas, but they can be complementary. So I looked this up, and syncretism is like combining different beliefs, aka, you know, modern day electrical work or uh, television <laughs> signals and voodoo magic. What? Yes. Nice. That's amazing. So I was like, okay. Wow. So, you know, thanks to Zach guessing the uh, minor crappy sweet treat, we got a better sweet treat. <laughs> Hey, first of all, Heather Langenkamp being in this is it's, not a crappy sweet treat. That is it, just a sweet treat. Yeah, the thing with Heather oh, Langenkamp so, is a sweet treat. Oh, it's the sweet treats. Hold on. Cameos are not sweet treats. Cameos it, yeah, are I know. little nuggets that Brian has decided to gift the listeners with. Yeah. That if you're paying attention or know other things, you get. Yeah. A cameo no, a, is a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sweet treat. You know, a cameo guess, is not what Brian does, but. <laughs> The week, um, the reference to the Greek god Horus, so, syncretic relationships, you know, and then merging television signals with voodoo magic. But I guess Zach may have some sort of a sweet treat esque or sour candy. He was we were mentioning. So, uh, if we're talking about cameos, did you know that Wes Craven's children are in this movie? Yes, I noticed Craven's on the on the cast list. So, yeah. so his daughter was the at the very beginning. She is watching the news whenever uh, Jonathan first comes up. Peter Berg, Jonathan first comes up and says, "If you don't like the news, change the channel." You know, she's the she's the cashier there. And the uh, jogger in the park that dies is actually his son, Jonathan. Oh, so, yeah, there you go. But uh, the the sour candy I was talking that we were we're going to refer to. So a couple weeks ago, we we talked. Uh, Arthur had his spiel about the MPAA. Uh oh. And uh -oh. I mentioned that Wes Craven uh, talked about opening up his own rating studio. It was for this movie. Oh, wow. It was for Shocker. They had oh. to cut 13 scenes out of this movie to get an R rating, and he was pissed. Hold on. I'd like to say if this if this movie lost 13 scenes, I'd like to say <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, I'd like to craft an apology to the MPAA. <laughs> You're doing great out there. Keep it up. So, but one of the scenes that they had to cut or edit was uh, when Horace first gets electrocuted by the TV, and they take him out, and he bites the fingers off of the guard. It actually show, he spits them out, and that's that's say, edited down. It, I mean. When when he bites the lip of the guy who's bringing him to the chair, that was ridiculous. That was amazing. One like that's not how a human body works. But like if that <laughs> stayed in, I really am curious to see what the how cut. the stuff was cut. Look, they may they may have ruined this movie. But they cut thirteen scenes, Brian. Well, what if they replaced some of those scenes with say I don't know the television sequence? Dang it, MPA expect a sternly written letter. <laughs> You ruined Shocker. There's going to be apology at, an apology at the front of the letter, and then basically he's going to tell you your pieces of shit in the second half of the letter. And we are really letting the language get ahead of us. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll back that up. You're really going to. I blame it on. I blame it on the episode. I blame. I it blame on. it on the television killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the television. TV's fine. TV's harmless. We, we, man we managed to go through demonic toys without mm -hmm. going. Hey, but this movie. Oof. Oof. Hey. 
it's this is a shocker of a of a podcast. Yeah, this is a shock shock jock. Shock jock. Uh, <laughs> so no, you're fine. Um, I'll I'll apologize to my mom on the side. It's okay. Uh, we do have several new people, people I work with, and people I'm uh, hopping to VR with that are have been checking us out. So you know, it's slowly slowly increasing that audio listenership. Thanks everybody for joining us. Maybe someday send us some message online to let us know. But you know, uh, <laughs> so you mentioned real quick. Just I want to I want to move on to our back out of stuff. But <laughs> one of my favorite tropes appeared in the park scene. And that's the, mm-hmm. I got shot, but it just grazed me. You know, yeah. <laughs> how do bullets always just like hit the side of your arm? or like, I'm okay. There's a little bit of color, but like, it just grazed me. You know what I'm proud oh. of, of that scene? What's he that? had to reload. Yes. Yes. I noticed that too. Well done. You know what my favorite scenes? With there are no shooting fl- holes people? in Shocker. Sorry, keep going. That's right. Except for in Peter Berg's shoulder. But uh, one of my favorite things is whenever you see an action movie or an action sequence when someone's shooting a gun and the uh, handrails take a beating by them bullets man, and never man. show any damage after. <laughs> I got to say, those marksmen, man, he hit those trees. He he made sure not to let any of those bullets stray off and hit someone he wasn't actually aiming for. So if he wasn't yeah. going to hit his target, he was going to hit a tree. Yeah. Hey, know, what, know what's behind your target. Yep. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. There's like an alley and then some houses. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Under the target, there's like a sandwich shop and a chili. Um, next. Uh, nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else like uh, the possessed little girl? Yes. I did. I mean, absolutely. That was hilarious. I like that. Get off me! <laughs> I like the spit when she, when she spit on there, the That's the kind of stuff you could have channeled for a good 45 minutes and gotten out of town. You know, like that movie... There's wasted so, opportunity here for sure. I think Wes was, he was just looking for something to kind of get back into it. it yeah. You know, so, luckily, eventually, Scream happened, but this just wasn't. Luckily, eventually, the people under the stairs happen. You know, I still haven't seen it. Oh wow. We'll we will watch it. it. We will, and and you will, you will. It's it. Mm-hmm. A new nightmare is fantastic. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't seen people under the stairs. It's it's definitely on the list. Uh, any other quotes, highlights, things to call out? Um, yeah, I like whenever uh, Peter Berg is explaining to his football team uh, what's going on and that uh, horse can just jump from person to person. And their solution is, well, let's just kill whoever he's in. Yeah. Hey, man, you got it. You got a spitball, right? Yeah, there's no judgment. Brainstorming. It's it's unprecedented. I just like how they're in. Like they're not like, well, that seems stupid. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just kill some random person. <laughs> I also like how the, I also like how they're like, all right, what we're gonna do is we're gonna break into the power plant and knock out ta- the power all through the town. <laughs> That's that man. Rhino had oh man. And they and he they knew so, exactly what he to was do. so yeah he and it's like it's like that's a felony. No, that's a lock. Pick it. You know, yeah, I, I love that. Like, oh man. That's a, yeah, that line. Really. Oh, man, I, I was like Rhino. Solid backup. Jeez, yeah, man. I liked Rhino, but that—that's my point. Is they knew exactly where to destroy the box or to do the damage to knock out the power to the town and everything. It's just like, huh, that makes sense. Well, I was These are all electrical engineers. But... <laughs> yeah, no, I thought he was going to get electrocuted when he hit it. Oh please, Rhino, don't do this. <laughs> I, I like how he had—he grabbed the welder's mask. Yeah, I, was like, I don't know, Rhino. I don't know if that's going to be enough. <laughs> where's, the, where's the Rhino spinoff? That's the real question. It was G versus E. I want. I want to see. I want to see. That's the same guy. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash versus Rhino. That's what I want. I want. I want yeah. Ash and Rhino to go head to head with with Jason and Freddy. That would be amazing. Give the people what they want. So, so Rhino definitely did have some. Uh, we got it. We have to talk about how great a backup he is because when Jonathan does get arrested and he's put in the car, oh. which I I also like how they do not cuff him. <laughs> read him as Miranda writes we're arresting him but go ahead and throw him in my car without any handcuffs on him I like that he needed the little booklet for the Miranda writes I did too you, know, you don't want but I love him. how like I thought that was somebody else that was coming to kill him when they busted through the window to get to Jonathan I thought that was 
that somebody else was possessed and not the father at that point. Because oh. the way Rhino hits it and then just grabs him out. And then I, I was like, oh, wait, that's his teammate. <laughs> and yeah, apparently right. Rhino runs in and tackles. Oh, man. Well, I mean, he probably did. But then the dad probably also spoke on Rhino's behalf. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. I wasn't. Oh, man. Like, like, I, yeah. I, he, those are conversations that didn't need to be in the movie, but I wouldn't have complained if they were. Just to see how they explain it to the officers. And yeah. Exactly what's so, going on. <laughs> like I said, Rhino breaks Jonathan out of the police car and then attacks the cops so Jonathan can run off. <laughs> and he's in the next scene and everything's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got cleared up by ghost, by, you know, like possessed dad, I guess. Yeah. By Don. Yeah, he, Don. Yeah, but but Don. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we did our sweet treats. Let's uh, let's pair this movie. It's an I evening. You're gonna show someone. Movie. You're showing someone <laughs> shocker. Uh, Zach, you can go first because Brian is reluctant. <laughs> so um, I'm going to um, pair this since this is my least favorite Wes Craven movie, I'm going to pair this with my favorite Wes Craven movie so we get a good balance, and we are going to watch The Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. First and or last? Which one? What's we your We will show The Nightmare on Elm Street first, so when anybody wants to fall asleep during Shocker, they have the permission because they saw the better movie first. Well, you do but that. Just, then... Yeah. <laughs> Brian, yeah, then, go ahead. Then, then, the, then the obvious becomes apparent in Shocker. Yeah, <laughs> the movies start the same. It's well, like... I don't, I don't want anybody thinking that they took from Shocker for Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> well, <laughs> it just feels like you're feeding people to Freddy if you make them watch Shocker late. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to make people go to sleep. What are you doing? I'm going yes, to, exactly. and, and again, we didn't, we didn't really get. I mean, we gave some props to that running through the TV montage. There's, well, how many different things are gone through? Like twenty different programs and old movies and stuff. Yeah, it's a fun gimmick. Like, but I, it's I also, worth watching yeah. that clip on YouTube. Like, that's what I would so, say. So let's talk about that real quick. Beaver, let's, Beaver. How does he? How does he dive into the TV after the fall? How does? <laughs> so that's, I would. That's Brian's theory. That's Brian's yeah. theory. Like right he is. There. That's what it is. Like he is. He is awakening, and uh, he is. He is invoking supernal powers to do this. It's the Care Bear stare should have won it, but I'm gonna yeah. pair this movie. We're going to open up with Adam Sandler's click, and then we're going to watch Shocker. <laughs> Jeepers. And that and way, just... everyone can learn the power of a remote control. Mm. Nice. Brian, uh, <laughs> you're going to have someone watch Shocker. What are you going to have them watch it with? Well, um, we're going to watch Shocker, and uh, I can't remember which one of these sequels it is. But I'll just call it by the title I, I know it as, and that's Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> Leprechaun 4! Yeah, thank you. That's what yeah, it had to be. Leprechaun in... What, uh, what about Leprechaun in Space screams, I should watch this with Shocker to you? It's ridiculous. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll take it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, rankings. I think these are going to be interesting. Uh-huh. I don't. <laughs> I, I went ahead and put mine in my bottom three. Um, I put it a little ahead of Terror Train and a little ahead of Squirm. Or it's Squirm, Terror Train, Shocker. That means I think Demonic Toys was better than this. Brian? This is... Uh, give me my bottom again. Well, your top. <laughs> no. <laughs> From worst... Yeah, up, yeah. Terror Train, My Bloody Valentine, Evil Dead... Okay, stop. Uh, Evil Dead is better than this movie. Okay. Directly. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. In wait, fact, wait. So, in fact, so if Arthur, you read Brian's order, Brian's list wrong because last week he dropped Evil Dead to his number fifteen. That was movie. a joke. I would never really. Oh, and I wasn't. I wasn't going to move anything anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. <clears throat> I, 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 we're we're tied to our decisions. These are blood blood vows or something. Down, right. Yeah. Uh, so I got it. Do some voodoo and get possessed by the TV. And yeah, the digital ruler. Bow down before your digital ruler. Okay, Zach, your top three are Scrooged, Evil Dead, and Fright Night. Where does Shocker fit in there? Because this was your choice. <laughs> <laughs> you like to hear uh, any of your middle? This, this you is like going to go. Yet? This is going to go about. Um, my ends are 
from back to squirm demonic toys and whatever else i train hellraiser house yeah yeah yeah, no you're good you're good i would watch this before squirm okay but i would not watch it i i'll I'll watch demonic toys twice again before i watch this again Yeah, so this would be my uh, kind of where 15, I, I guess. Would, um, this, is a, this is pretty much almost the consensus. Yeah. This thing is... it, it had Ouch. very visible problems, and I, yeah, we all picked up on them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There was things that redeemed little parts of it, but overall, it's a slog. Yeah. It is a slog of an adventure uh, that luckily was on HBO, so I haven't unwrapped my Blu-ray, so I'm going to yep. just resell it. The one that I got for free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm still interested because it has commentary from Wes Craven, I may open it and just let that ride. Since Wes isn't with us anymore, I think it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say, like about about the process and stuff. He was always an insightful guy. I I like interviews with Wes Craven, so I'm I might check that out before I send Shocker to his final resting place at someone else's house. But we'll see. Um. I've got our next movie picked out, and I had three different ways I was going to go, so I've got two things tabled. Uh, None of them were available on streaming services, and I'll make sure that you gentlemen get to catch them. Okay. Uh, We are going to revisit the star of The Blob. This is the one I've been waiting to play on. Huh? Remote control. Remote control. (laughs) I, it seemed like a no-brainer to go from Shocker to Remote Control. Uh-huh. I'm very excited about this. Again, this is Jeff Lieberman, the director of Squirm. Uh, maybe 14 years after that movie, 13 years. And it's a much different... Don't worry, it's not Squirm. This movie, I'm extremely excited to hear your opinions. I don't want to hear them ahead of time. I want to hear them next time we record. Mm-hmm. This is just a little gem. If you are out there and listening, if you go to jefflebermandirector.com, you can order a copy of Remote Control. I did that. It came from the Northeast and made it to my house in like two days. Like he's just sitting on a stack of these and he's (laughs) ready to send them when people order them. Uh, Don't go to Amazon because someone's trying to shill it for like 70. You don't have to. At some point, I guess he had sold these as like a limited edition. And I didn't get the signed limited edition, but on the back of the case, there's still a blank where it says number blank of a thousand. So I have blank of a thousand in my holding. Uh, So I'll talk more about the whole, the way the disc is packaged and stuff. And I'm really excited to talk about remote control because I certainly haven't seen any other podcast cover it ever. I'm sure people have but to me this is a hidden gem and i think jeff has a hold of his own rights on stuff so it just it's going to just sit in his house waiting to be thrown in the mail whenever someone orders it off his website uh so kevin dylan jennifer tilly mm. ooh, remote control um i'm really excited about this one bride of chucky folks yeah I, and We'll talk about her next week and that connection. I she's a she's a treasure. Yeah. Um, yes. But, uh, useless knowledge. By the time this drops, me and Casey will be talking about Drop Dead Gorgeous. We're kind of in a Denise Richards trend right now. We did Valentine, then decided to do Tammy and the T Rex, and now we're going to do Drop Dead Gorgeous because we're just all in on cult icon Denise Richards at this point. Uh, yeah. Pretty excited. I. Isn't Amy Adams in that movie too? Is with the Washington Monument. I have not watched or listened to the uh, Tammy and the T Rex episode. I have not seen Tammy and the T Rex, and I was saving that for when we covered it here on this show. So I don't want to know. I um... do not want to know anything before I go in to watch it, other than it has Denise Richards and it has Paul Walker, and so I'm instantly drawn in. Brian, have you seen it in the last year? Or did you uh, see it long Tammy ago? Tammy and the T-Rex? Yes. I have seen Tammy and the T-Rex. In the last year? In the last year? I think it, it may have been just just longer than that, actually. Okay, because what I was going to say, 
is when it was originally released, they had chopped it down to a PG-13 movie because the uh, producer or the distributor was just like, why is this movie filled with gore and heads getting ripped off by a T-Rex? And the uncut was lost to time until the guys over at Vinegar Syndrome found out that someone in Italy had a reel and had it restored. So the unrated version, I was going to say, is the one to watch. Um, so if you saw a dinosaur pull someone's head off, you saw the good version. I think if, I did then, yeah. Okay, good. And and that's why I said in the last year, it's not the exact release. Yeah, date, yeah. But... It, 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 it's fairly recent. Okay, I'll good. I'll say that. Um, it's a treat. It's... Well, yeah, if you like Denise Richards, yeah, there's there's um, some stuff with her in it, that's for sure. But, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Zach, feel free to skip it, but I was this week Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I love I love Drop Dead Gorgeous. So, yeah. Hey, uh, can you spell all fifty states in alphabetical <laughs> order? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, Brian, Zach, you guys have anything you're watching? Anything to call out? Uh, n- uh, nothing out of the ordinary that I've been yeah. currently doing. So. <laughs> I am very excited. This week I will be firing up Amazon Prime and this on the third or the fourth, which is I think Thursday, I will be watching Coming to America. And mm-hmm. then on the fifth, I will be watching Coming to America. So I'm very excited, excited about it. <clears throat> I really I, I hope it's I hope it's good. Very excited about this. Oh, I don't expect it to be good because it's been so long that I, I kind of shelved my expectations for it. I just am excited to see a sequel. Um I I I don't have a lot of expectations with most sequels because they usually are bad and it doesn't matter how long you wait. Like, <laughs> you know, Dumb and think, Dumber 2 or whatever was. If it reaches like Zombieland 2 where it feels like it's about 80% as entertaining as the first, I'll be happy. Not like, seeing Zombieland 2. It's about 80% as entertaining as the first. I understood that from your comment. <laughs> I was just making sure. You know, yeah. I guess I'm also playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon. Which is a fantastic game. The narrator's awesome. Yeah, you mentioned who was the narrator on that? Oh, I can't remember his name. But if you if you look it up, Darkest Dungeon. It's a video game. It's a rather the the graphic design of it is pretty simple. It's two D, you know, but um, the the actual animation looks good. It's very interesting style. It looks like a Mike Mignola game, basically. It looks like a Hellboy art style. Oh yeah, it's it's real nice and it's it's set in uh, what would I I'd guess is like almost colonial times. Roughly, you know, everyone's using like flint locks as a weapon. not everyone, but anyone who's using a gun is using a flint lock. Um huh. but the the actual narration itself, the 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 lines that are delivered throughout the entire game, even during gameplay itself, and commentary as to what's happening in the fights is amazing and well written. And there's just there's just it gives a good it's got a the game itself has a very Chthonian feel, very Lovecraft. And it's just and this guy does a lot of uh audio book work, uh, I believe. And his uh, name's Wayne June. Yes, Wayne June, that is that is correct. Because I know everybody Wayne June tonight. Yeah, he is. He's got like this <laughs> deep, sinister voice that really sets the tone, and it's amazing. And but the gameplay itself is pretty complex and fun too. Like, nice. it's 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 worth it to play the game for the narration alone. But the game is also good, so it's just a treat to play for just entertainment. Nice. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll at least look up some YouTube clips on it. That's, oh, yeah, do that. Do that. That, that. That's fine. If you don't want to play it, at least listen to a bit of it. It's great. Yeah. So I think I think that's everything. Anybody? One more toss in? Nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, just talking about video games this summer. Get hype. The Evil Dead game looks like a lot of fun. Um, and it's uh, going to bridge, looks like, all of the different movies and things like that. It's going to be a good the, time. Uh, series. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Brian, take us home. All right, folks. This PSA is really more of a uh, this is what you should do, not don't do this 
if you've got someone in your life that's like Rhino in this movie, you keep that person around. They, they're solid backup. You need them for situations just like this one. Something weird's going down. Who are you going to call? You call Rhino. He is your backup. He'll and, and he's competent. He doesn't screw up at all in this movie. Almost every move he makes is the right one, no matter how dangerous it is for himself, but it gets the job done. You keep dudes like Rhino in your life. That's it. Thank you.